Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I am glad that you have tuned in today uh, to study the book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, last week, we left off in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, looking at those first six verses. And so we'll start in verse uh, 7 today, but to get kind of a, a bit of a recap to get the context back in our minds as we continue studying. In verses 1 through 6, Paul is talking about the, the ministry that he had been entrusted with. Uh, he's talked about it uh, previously, and he will continue to talk about it even in chapter 5 as well. But uh, he's talking about this ministry, defending themselves as he does in verse 2, that they had not use disgraceful or underhanded ways. They had not used the gospel uh, to, to gain anything, any personal wealth or, or prosperity or fame, but that they had preached the gospel. Uh, in verses 3 and 4, he talks about how the God of this world had veiled the gospel from those that did not believe, like with the parable of, of the sower in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 20. Those different kinds of soils that are out there and how the wayside soil, when that seed is sown, the devil comes and he plucks it away so that they never obey. The thorny soils, the, the cares and the riches of this world choke out that faith. Those similar kinds of things, and, and as he is talking about here, that is what veils these people from being truly obedient to the gospel. And so he's been talking about the gospel and the light that it gives, as, as he says in verse 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So that's what he's talking about. And so in verse 7, I think understanding and remembering what he's talking about in verses 1 through 6 helps us to understand verse 7. Because he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. What treasure is that? In some commentaries, they'll say that this treasure is our soul, which he, he goes into uh, the resurrection and things of that nature later towards the end of this chapter. But I don't think that's immediately what he is talking about here in verse 7. Because looking at the context of this, he's been talking about the gospel in verses 1 through 6. And then in verse 7, we have this treasure in jars of clay. I believe the, the most logical conclusion is that he's talking about the gospel. The, the treasure that is the gospel. That brings that salvation through which, and of course through Christ, we can, of course, receive and obtain the grace of God. And I also think that he is talking about the gospel because of what he says right after that. He says to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. That language is very similar. In fact, the language he has used uh, previously, talking about the gospel being veiled, and also here now in verse 7, the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us, is very similar language to what he used in chapter 3. If you remember what he talks about there, he talks about how, how the gospel is so much more glorious than, than the law of Moses. In fact, in, in verse 10, he says that the gospel 
because of the glory that surpasses it. Talking about the old law. The glory that surpasses it is the new covenant. And so here in chapter 4 and verse 7, I think he is, is talking about primarily the gospel. That we have this treasure in jars of clays to show that the surpassing power of salvation and of the gospel and all of these things does not belong to them but belongs to God, which he has been talking about since earlier in chapter 3. Uh, as he says in... Uh, verse 5, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is uh, from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. In chapter 4 and verse 1, he says, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. He's saying this gospel that we have received has been given to us by God. This treasure that we have has been given to us by God so that the glory that is of this and the power that is of the gospel can be proven to not be from men but to be from God because they didn't come up with it they didn't make it up it came from God so I think here in verse 7 though some believe that this treasure he is talking about is our souls and, and our soul most certainly is a treasure the most valuable possession we will ever have I don't think that is what he is talking about here in verse 7. I think he's talking about the gospel. Now, starting in verse 8, going through the end of the chapter, especially in verse 8 and 9, uh, he, he begins to discuss the persecutions that they received because they were preaching the gospel. He says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Now we'll stop right there. And in verses 8 and 9, it's pretty easy to understand what he's saying. Though there's many persecutions that they face, they have not been, been destroyed. And in this passage, really everything we have just read reminds me of, of what we talked about at the beginning of the book. Uh, in fact, if you were to turn back there, and I think it helps explain verse 10 always carrying in the body the death of Jesus well if we go back to chapter 1 and verse 5 he says for we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings Peter talks about it I believe it's in first Peter chapter 4 that we will that they especially suffered in the same ways that Christ even suffered and so that's what he's talking about there in verse 10 of chapter 4 always carrying in the body of death of Jesus they shared in his sufferings they shared in his persecutions so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies so that his manner of life his righteousness of course through their example through the way that they lived as he says in 1 Corinthians 11 be imitators of me even as I also imitate Christ that the way that they conducted themselves was similar in the same manner as Christ conducted himself here on this earth. Of course, they were not perfect like Christ, but they followed those same teachings that Christ gave, and they followed in his, in his footsteps and became those imitators. And so as he's saying here, they carry in the body the death of Jesus, they share in his suffering, but because of that, they also are that light and that example to others of Jesus in the same manner of life that he lived 
Uh, verse 11, he says, For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Again, a very similar uh, meaning of what we just, what we just discussed. Uh, he says, So death is at work in us, but life in you. Now, I think what he is, is discussing here is their persecution and their suffering, which he has discussed earlier as well. Their persecution and their suffering works to the benefit of those in Corinth. They suffered great things. Yes, they were afflicted in every way, as he says in verse 8, but they were afflicted because they taught the truth. And because they taught the truth, regardless of those sufferings and, and that torment that they faced, it was a benefit to those in, in Corinth. So here he, he's talking about that persecution that they faced. Again, the gospel there in verse 7, that it was this treasure in jars of clay surpassing power that belongs to God. But then because of their declaration of that gospel, they suffered all of these various things. And really starting in verse 13, going through the end of, of this chapter, is where he starts to talk about the, the afterlife and the resurrection and being in heaven with, with God. And, and so since that starts in verse 13, and we're just about out of time, uh, we'll stop here and pick up there uh, tomorrow so we can look at, look at that and give it the justice that it deserves. Uh, but I thank you so much for your attention today, and I, and I hope that you'll come back uh, tomorrow to continue this study. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, we'll have our number and email address uh, posted after the video ends. So if you, or you can message us on Facebook, whatever you would like to do. If you have any questions, if you would like to study any further, feel free to get in touch with us, and we would love, love to sit down and, and to, do, to discuss the scriptures with you. But thank you again for your time and for your attention.